0: Welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. My name is Beth and I work for the Broadcast Network and we are very lucky today to have Ness Wilson with us. Hi Ness. Hi. Hi everyone. <laughs> Nessa's based in Loughborough at the moment and she leads the team for the pioneer movement and um, she's also going to be speaking at our Renewal for Revival conference in I think six weeks now, which is really exciting. It's gonna come around before we know it. And um yeah, just in anticipation for the conference, we have been Um, talking to all of our guest speakers, which has been a really fun time. We've spoken to Sam Ward, Tom O'Toole and Jeremy Simpkins so far, and you can catch them all on the podcast. I'm going to be speaking to Rachel Gardner as well in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's really, really exciting. And, yes, the question that I want to kick off um, this podcast episode that we've been asking everyone is, what do you think God is doing right now? I think right
1: now... God is revealing and exposing some of the things that he really does want to change. Um, I think there's been a lot of shaking, uh, both in people's personal lives, uh, but also in terms of the church. And often when there's shaking in a building, it exposes cracks in the foundations. And so most of the church leaders that I've been speaking to are aware that they have come face to face with the reality that some of what they've been doing as church hasn't actually been the the main reason that the church exists. Um, And so there's a number of conversations that I am hearing repeated over and over again around a desire to rebuild with strong foundations and particularly around wanting to make disciples So there's a real kind of, a real sense of what's been exposed, revealed, illuminated to churches is that if we have just created a product to consume and then over the last two years that product has been taken away, the consumers have fallen away. Whereas the churches that have actually really gone after discipleship, and so there's been discipleship cultures. There's been life-on-life discipleship. People have either been connected into uh, one-to-one discipling relationships or triplets or small groups. Then actually those churches have fared a lot better. People haven't fallen away. um, And as we've been able to regroup, um, there's been much more of a sense of we have um, been okay because we have... We have had deep roots and it almost feels as though the parable of the sower has been lived out over the last couple of years. And I think churches have seen where perhaps it looked as though there was lots of seeds and maybe lots of uh, shoots and fruit that actually where that seed had only really gone into shallow soil and where there's been shallow roots, people have fallen away. Uh, or perhaps where the cares of the world, you know, the destructions um, of everyday life, again, people have fallen away. And it's only been those who have had deep discipleship roots that have stayed the course. So I think what God's been doing is really shaking us, revealing, exposing. um, And it's challenging. It's challenging to sort of think through what have we actually built. Alan Hirsch says... Um, Our design creates our outcomes and I think a lot of church leaders are looking around going oh my goodness what have been the outcomes of the design that we've built and so right now there's quite a lot of thinking going on about redesigning, reshaping, rebuilding with stronger foundations, um, keeping the main thing the main thing to fulfill the Great Commission, to see the lost saved, to make disciples and um, yeah, I, so I think that's what God's been doing, is, is shaking. And obviously when, we, when that happens, we get shaken and we get and things get revealed that perhaps weren't quite on track or weren't quite aligned with God's main agenda and God's ways. I think that's humbling and I think that's refining. So I also think the church has been going through a time of being humbled and refined and purified and, and I guess really getting our attention that our dependence has to be on him and not on the scaffolding of church life.
0: So Mm.
1: in many ways, I think the shaking has got us unstuck, though we didn't perhaps realise we were so stuck. (laughs) It's got us unstuck and ready to, um, yeah, ready to rely
0: on him in a deeper way, I think. Mm, Definitely, yeah. No, it's really interesting what you said about um, consumerism, because I think... Uh, I definitely I work um for Christchurch Manchester then for for one of the sites and we really found after coming out of the lockdowns and Covid we struggled initially to get people back onto rotors because um, I think they would gotten and I'm really hoping this is the same case for you know churches totally nationally because <laughs> um, totally we'd just gotten into this concept of opening up our laptop, consuming church and then closing it again. And it being, you know, the select 10, 15 people um, who were managing, you know, the operation of church. And then we were almost consumers. And I think any of that we had underlining in ourselves before COVID kind of came out even more during the lockdowns. And so, um yeah, like re, um, re-energising ourselves after that and then back into, you know into the real world it's been it was been hard work initially yeah Mm. yeah no that's the case
1: up and down the land Mm. (laughs) struggling to get yeah rotors filled again and i think people people's lives and worlds just became so much smaller um and convenience became everything Mm. and actually to be part of a church community does mean to serve it means to live beyond yourself it means to give give away your time effort your energy and whilst we know that is the way actually to true fulfilment and satisfaction and joy is to give ourselves away. To so have had two years where actually people have inevitably become more self-absorbed, more self-focused. The four walls of your house were, were really all that you were looking at. Um, it, it, I think it's requiring a choice to get bigger again, a choice to have a world that grows larger, a choice to give yourself away to others.
0: Mm, definitely yeah no it's definitely the case, yeah, so what do you think then, so we obviously just touched a bit on covid and um the lockdowns so post pandemic you know we're we're well, we're living with covid now, I suppose, but what do you feel like God is calling us into um in the aftermath of that
1: I mean there's obviously a a um you know, a need for even greater community engagement so that the high felt needs of the, the local communities around us is just huge. And churches have actually really stepped up, so that's been a real wonderful uh, part of of the last two years where there's been some areas where it felt like church has lost ground, but an area where church generally across the UK has taken ground has been in terms of meeting the felt needs um, of of their local communities so obviously all the food banks and and there's uh, lots of churches now that are getting people trained up um, in terms of mental health mental health first aiders um, to help with that huge tsunami that has already arrived but I think it's uh, is just going to get bigger and bigger around the mental health impact of of the last two years um, so I think there's churches have generally really, got their hands more dirty, got more involved in local communities. I personally, I, I am really, um, I'm really convicted around contending for another Great Awakening, which ties in with mm. your, the theme of your conference around revival. Mm. I feel like the stage has been set for it. Uh, this whole thing of, the, you know, we've been shaken. Uh, obviously, there's an economic uh, downturn, there's pressure, um you know, there's, 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 you know, war that seems to be kind of growing ever closer, and, and all these things in terms of the macro, the kind of the big picture, I think is setting the stage uh, for a move of God. So that's what I'm, I'm really wanting to, to go after is, um, you see, at previous times of crisis, previous times of shaking, previous times where. Uh, you know, the nation has been on its knees in many ways, that's the time when the Spirit of God has blown through the land and we've seen awakenings and revivals. So that's my hope is post-pandemic, that's what I see. And also there's been something really interesting around Christians have become more rooted in their localities, so Christians know more non-Christians in terms of their streets because so many Christians were um, catalysts for all of the local neighbourhoods Groups that began, you know, to help each other out, and um, you know, so many. I think generally, we, you know, neighbours became friends, and that's a good thing. So particularly for Christ followers, in all of our streets and our neighbourhoods, it means that we're now much more connected to more people. Um, so that then naturally then strengthens the, you know, the, the relational proximity. It's like if we're holding lots of different people's hands, when mm. the spark of revival hits, it can spread like wildfire because, mm. because we're connected, more connected to people perhaps uh, than we were before when we just used to leave our front door, go to work, maybe Monday to Friday, leave our front door, go to a, a church, you know, not not necessarily in our neighbourhoods, then, um, you know, there wasn't the same relational proximity. So my hope and my prayer is that all the connections over the last two years, it's like kindling has been laid across mm. the streets of our nation. And then as the Holy Spirit blows, uh, you know, the sparks of revival can fly. So that's that's um i know there's others as well who are hoping for that praying for that sensing that um, mm-hmm. so i think those two things i think yeah. continue to meet the felt needs of our community and our relational connectedness now uh, sets the
0: stage for a move mm. of god definitely yeah no i love that image as well of the kindling being laid and, and ready to to be lit that's such a such an exciting um, way of looking at it and do you think that's something so obviously you're involved with Open Heaven Church in Loughborough do you feel like that's something that's kind of yeah on the cusp can you feel that kindling being laid within the church and the communities that your congregation are a part of?
1: Yeah there's definitely much more connection um, just so many stories of of people who have you know, befriended their neighbours and um, have organised all kinds of wonderful street events and parties and socials and um, and that does feel exciting. And it feels, even though probably like, you know, most churches, there have been some people who still are slow at kind of coming back and regrouping. There's a whole raft of other people who have got connected in during lockdown. Mm. And so you're sort of seeing the faces of people who perhaps just initially had joined online, um, you know, or had been or had got connected to neighbours who were Christians. So... There's, again. It's that. It just feels that whole shaking of, um, I don't know. Maybe there's been a pruning that's gone on, and mm. then and then, it's like uh, this is a season where the things that perhaps were hidden while we were in lockdown are now coming to the surface. And one of the wonderful things about. Uh, some of the things that were hidden is almost like, um, I think, a whole load of church communities had, if you like, secret members <laughs> that we didn't really know who they were. You know, most churches, <laughs> that were online, whether it was Zoom, whether it was YouTube. It's like, who, <laughs> who, who are these people? Um, and so there's a there's a kind of, yeah, that's really fun, is actually getting to know the the faces behind what was just numbers on a spreadsheet you know or, or or data on a on a youtube channel so
0: yeah definitely yeah that's good mm. so what are you so could you tell us a bit about pioneer and what's going on at the moment and what you're excited about that's uh, it's happening within the sphere yeah i think um it, it's been
1: really fascinating to see how creative and innovative um churches became you know particularly during the last two years. And I think um, one of the things that that we certainly feel as a a Pioneer UK team is just wanting to fan those flames of continued creativity and innovation. And um, we're we're really struck by this whole thing, what does it look like to take the gospel into new spaces and places, recognising some of what's gone on. So there's a church that was planted just before lockdown, um, where actually they had seven Allotment plots, all next to each other, and so they were one of the few churches who didn't really have to to stop and shut down because they just they just turned church into allotment wow. church, you know. And it was like you know, because for most of the time, I mean, I know there was those early early sort of weeks, months where we weren't allowed out, but for most of the time, you know, people were allowed to 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 be outdoors, and and so they they they. They explored what does allotment church look like, which I love. Um, just think, I just think that's yeah, really just just really creative, oh, really fun. So I think, you know, and obviously, and and I know, you know, one church um, up in Northern Ireland had. Um, pizza poetry and psalm evenings again because they couldn't meet indoors they just turned the grounds of their church into with kind of pizza ovens and poetry and uh, psalms and so that I think what, what we saw we just are keen that we don't just revert back into the sort of the same predictable patterns of how we do church but actually to think missionally in the same way it forced everyone to think outside of the box to think yeah, creatively, it's like, let's continue to do that. Who are the unreached people groups, the neighborhoods, the networks around us where we can take the gospel and innovate, you know, and create an expression of church that really fits for that locality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what we're excited about and just wanting to, I guess, highlight some of what's gone on, tell some of those stories so that it inspires other people to, to, to think, oh, what could I do? Um, you know, yeah. on my
0: estate or my neighbourhood. So. Yeah, definitely. I love that idea of allotment church. I think that's yeah, it's brilliant. Great, isn't yeah. It? yeah, I hope that they're still like regularly doing that <laughs> as well. <laughs> no, that's such a good idea. and uh, so innovative. Like you said, innovative as well. And it was something we were talking with, Jeremy about um, a couple of episodes ago. We we're saying that it's almost forced leaders to yeah to to be innovative with the way that they reach their communities and in scenarios when you know beforehand we kind of we weren't as limited um it's given us a taste of that okay we're limited by this amount of people or this surrounding and and yeah how do we still you know not become idle but still are are impacting those around us Um, yeah so it's a it's a big thing so obviously, as we've just touched on, the topic for the conference is renewal for revival. And uh, yeah, talking about how after, you know, the aftermath of COVID, um, is there a renewal work that God wants to do in us before we see revival and um, that he wants to see in the world and in our communities and our allotments? Um, uh, so yeah, on that topic, what, what are you going to be? You're going to be speaking with us during the conference. You've got um, a session. Are you, what are you going to be speaking on?
1: Yeah, I I've been really drawn to um, the start of Hebrews thirteen, um, and and just that that whole thing I think that uh, is really helpful, which is what it is to have perspective. So you know, obviously the first uh, few verses Hebrews thirteen talks about the great crowd of witnesses, and just what does it mean for us to recognise we are in this long line of 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 history where the church has seen all kinds of, you know, plagues come and go, wars come and go, times where the church has been thriving, times where the church has really been under it, has been persecuted, but this great crowd of witnesses um, that have been cheering us on and rooting for us. And just, um, again, just that, again, the similar, uh, going back to when there's been other awakenings in our land, there's actually some real parallels between um, certainly the time of John and Charles Wesley uh, and actually, and the times that we find ourselves in now, beginning of 18th century Britain, there were so many parallels, so many similarities. Um, And yet, you know, there were a few people who God just kind of plucked out from obscurity and, and tasked and commissioned them, gave them that God assignment. Um, and then obviously we see, you know, one of the greatest disciple-making movements uh, that the, this country's ever known. And so that sense of perspective of what has God done before, he can do again. And then I think in the Hebrews 13 passage, as well as the perspective of the great cloud of witnesses, there's that there's that sense of purifying. So throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I think one of the things that God is doing as we are regrouping and kind of maybe redesigning church um, it's just is just going back again to that sense of we are called to be a holy people and we're called to be purified and there's been um, there's been that refining fire that has gone on and so you know God will only trust us uh, with a measure of the Holy Spirit that is commensurate uh, with the with the with the level of purity that we can carry as a church yeah, I th- clues in the name in terms of the holy spirit you know the holy spirit is holy so actually there's a there's a refining work that i think is going on i've heard again more leaders talk about a new holiness movement uh, that is going on and uh, yes i think there's something around the, the the perspective of all those who've gone before and what God has done. There's the purifying that God is doing. And then obviously run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And so what does it mean? You know, I don't think we need more gifted leaders, but we do need more resilient leaders. So what does it look like to run with perseverance? Um, And just to have that ability that when times are tough, just to keep on going and know that God is with us. And, you know, as we fix our eyes on him, that there will be that 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 sense of the, you know, that God promises that the church will be built, the gates of hell will not prevail. And so for us to hold on to that sense of Jesus is in charge, he is on the throne, you know, he's the most active member of any leadership team. Uh, (laughs) you know when when because a lot of church leaders are are feeling tired still from the impact of it all but just that sense of perseverance um you know that we don't quit that we keep going that we trust God you know there's a deep exercise in trust that I think God is calling us to um and just then that the sense of of hope you know that that hope always wins out in the end and alongside that you know that great commission we have that great reassurance i will be with you to the very end of the age and who knows when the end of the age is again it's interesting i've heard more people talk about could this be the end times mm. yeah that's really fascinating and uh, you know we don't, we don't know that the times and the days that's up to god but i do know that he's looking for a people who will persevere who won't quit who will keep going um and that's ultimately that's what we're called to, isn't it? Is is mm. we're called to that level of faithfulness, and um, you know, so when he does come back, and perhaps it could be in our lifetime, wouldn't that be amazing? But he will find us, you know, like uh, you know, the faithful workers that we've we've not slowed down, we've not stopped, yes, um, mm. but we, you know, he will he will find us fulfilling the assignments that he's put on our lives, mm. so. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a bit of something. Hebrews yeah. 13 There's quite a lot. in He the first few yeah. verses of Hebrews thirteen are are amazing, and the more <laughs> you read it, the more you get out of it.
0: So yeah. that's what I'll be—that's
1: what I'll be looking at at the. Class. I was going to
0: say, just do the full session now. I'll listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to hear a little bit—a snippet of what you're going to be speaking about, but knowing that there's yeah, you're going to be drawing from more and also. We're gonna have worship led by um Dana, who goes to Christchurch, Manchester, and we'll have times of ministry and prayer to really pray into these things and pray into revival, which I'm also equally excited for. Because when you hear something like that, you can't help but want to now pray. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really exciting. So, yeah, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day, Ness, to be with us. No and problem. It's so great to to hear from you, and we looked forward to hearing from you again in a few weeks um if you haven't again signed up for the uh, uh the conference yet sorry I my words, um then you still can it's not too late uh, it runs from june the 8th to the 9th it's a 24-hour hub and it's here in manchester you can find more information about it on our website so um yeah thank you so much for listening thank you ness bye bye